to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me, as always, is the man who deleted his post about Ronaldo going to City. It's <laughs> no. Logan Stump. Oh, that's two days in a row. That's brutal. <laughs> that's like, that's, that'll, that'll really, that just hurts, honestly. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm so sad. Maybe he'll come to Orlando City after he's done playing. Oh, yeah. That's right on the top of his. I'm sure that he'll say he's coming to Orlando and then end up in Miami at their airport or something stupid. <laughs> yeah. The 12th DP. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the 12th man, they got the 12th DP. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got a lot to talk about. We got the skills challenge, the all-star game, uh, some of the weekend results, U.S. men's players on the move. And then, of course, World Cup qualifying preview. And we still have MLS games going on on the weekend. So it is a lot to get through. So let's just uh, let's just get to it, right? Let's just get to it. Well, for, I guess first, let me just, how are you doing? No, I'm good. I uh, A lot of soccer, and then all of a sudden it stops. So that's what sucks. Like when Premier yeah. League gets back, uh, Premier is going on, and then it's like MLS. But then now, although now it's uh, World Cup qualifying, so it's interesting. So... I mean, those th- games yeah, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the EPL mm-hmm. break. Really, I, yeah. I, I am, because um, yeah. that takes up most of my Saturdays. Then is EPL, then MLS, and then mm-hmm. at least this case, it's like, all right, just focus on. I'm just gonna pretty much focus on the World Cup qualifying and watch mm-hmm. the MLS games if I can, if they're not overlapping, you know. So I have a kid in class, and we kind of have like the study hall thing. It's called LLT, and uh, towards the end of it, like when they were packing up, like ten minutes before class or so. Uh, we were looking through, like, because we had been talking about it a little bit, uh, like World Cup qualifying. And then, like, the last 10 minutes before class, like, the kids came, the two kids came up and sat by me. And we were just going through, like, the, the World Cup qualifying and looking at Asia and looking at Oceania and trying to understand, like, all their qualifying. Because it's it's different because those two kids are European. So one's German and one's uh, Scottish. And they both obviously follow their countries. And then we follow, I follow CONCACAF. Um, and they actually like our system better because it's it, it's easier to understand because once you get to that final round, it's eight teams instead of like Quarters. in yeah all the groups and stuff yeah. right. Like we were looking at Asia. I didn't realize Asia was three years. <laughs> they they once World Cup ends, they start their next qualification. It's nuts. 
CONCACAF uh, is kind of like that, but it's going to yeah. be all the lower teams. Right. You know, like we'll, right. we won't get into it until like mm-hmm. a year before typically. It's so weird because it's not, it's not normal. Like it, like, you know, it's different for each uh, region of the world. So it, you know, they've got different ones and then they've got different teams. Like sometimes Oceania doesn't have one team that qualifies or could have a team that qualifies depending on how well they play. Uh, Asia could have four or five. CONCACAF could have three or four. So it's like, it's so weird just to look at the different qualifications. The one in Europe is, probably the more more complex of the of the bunch just because it's like they take like the top 10 teams out of the groups and then two of the teams that are ranked high or something it's so confusing to me but um maybe you can explain it but yeah so we were doing that where where's fiji at because me and my friend dave used to do fiji (laughs) oh yeah the fiji uh, world cup Fiji qualifying so they're in oceana so what we'd have to do is like since they were so far down on the thing especially Fiji is like lower than like Australia, you know, Australia went to Asia, but like New Zealand still in Oceania. But, uh, you know, we would have to start like the qualifying at the very lowest rung pretty much as Fiji Mm -hmm. try to work our way up, but we never got there. Uh, (laughs) you know, uh, that was like 2006 and 2010 world cup games and we never made it, but, Cause it'd start, we'd have to start so early, Yeah, you know, and yeah. then you get to a point and you lose and you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's not over. <laughs> <laughs> like we just did that for a whole night or two nights that he stays over. It's like, what mm-hmm. do we do now? <laughs> yeah. That's what my brother did in, in college. Like we would literally mm-hmm. all night. Cause I had like late classes my like early on in college. So like I didn't have to get up early and there would be nights like four or five nights in a row where we would try to call up. We could never win the World Cup. Like if we get to like the finals and lose, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think they just recently for the 2018 one stopped where they do the full qualifying, which sucks mm-hmm. because like that's what made it fun. It's having all the nations and being mm-hmm. able to, you know, do whatever. So. All right, let's let's go ahead and talk MLS All Stars and the skills competition. So I was watching the skills competition on Tuesday, uh, and that was it was all right. Uh, it was all right. I mean, it, it was fun, but uh, let me tell you, everybody was having a ball with the Mexican goalkeeper going down, faking mm-hmm. his injury. I was not having fun with that at all i will say i was very pissed actually and i know that makes me sound like probably like a boomer or something right but it was you know it's just unsportsmanlike i i I don't care if it's fun really it's like you know peppy is up there trying to do his points we never interfered with the mexican team getting points so it just felt it just felt very concacaf and mm-hmm. that's something we don't usually get because like when we play these all I think last time they did the skills comp, you know, we were playing against uh, you know, other European teams or something that are not going to not going to yeah. pull that. Yeah, right. But uh, I think yeah. they even got a bonus point for that from mm-hmm. like some sort of fan vote or something. I don't know. It was all confusing uh to me because I kind of came in, I didn't watch the first round or two of stuff, and that was one of the first rounds I turned tuned in for. And that was very confusing. I was like, I'm kind of jumping in halfway here, and I have no idea what's going on. But uh, the crossbar challenge was fun, but I thought poorly planned, maybe. Like, going mm-hmm. to the halfway point after 25 points, after it took them forever to get 25 points, and then having to 
nail one from halfway. I was like, we could be here all night. <laughs> we might be here all night. Now, you know, luckily somebody hit it and, and mm-hmm. it ended. And you know what? Liga MX, they won the skills competition, but MLS won the all-star game. And that's obviously the more important trophy of the two. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, skills comp is fun. They're trying to make it like a, you know, like the NBA dunking mm-hmm. or skills thing. Or I think NHL has a skills thing. And, you know, baseball has the home run derby. But I think soccer is very hard to do this for. What's your thoughts on skills challenges as a as a whole like how what can we do i like that they're kind of like the fifa games right when you're booting up fifa Mm -hmm. and it's loading but yeah what could we do to make this more interesting uh kind of like a home run derby where people tune in to watch watch that what you know what would be the equivalent yeah i mean i I think that i guess the biggest thing for me would be like i love pks and i think it'd just be fun to have you know, multiple goalkeepers or something like that, where, you know, they get to select like, Hey, you know, I get to go first and second, and then I get to like different penalties from different spots or something like that would be fun. Or, you know, just kind of like around the world or like who can make the the longest free kick and pass the goalkeeper. Mm, What if they did the, uh, the old MLS shootout where you start like Mm. halfway or like, and then you have to like dribble up and do it in a certain amount of seconds. That could be fun. fun. Yeah. Kind of like, I mean, that kind of like hockey essentially, because hockey does that where they kind of start back and, and then they come up to the puck and get it. But I don't know, like you, like you said, it's so tough because other than that, I mean, then you're thinking heading a, a soccer ball a hundred times would really not be good, um, <laughs> you know, consecutively. Um, and then maybe like, I guess you could play, you know what, you could do like horse because I saw Nani doing stuff like this. Like it was like a horse where he's behind the net and he chipped it up over and it, and it kind of had backwards spin and it that could be fun so i think like maybe like that something like that or like crossbar where you have to hit a crossbar. you play all star right uh-huh. and instead of horse you have to spell out all star right yeah uh, i mean I that's know. something or Soccer, like I don't know. yeah having players i mean i know there might not be a lot of uh, teams that would like this but maybe having players in the goalkeeping um <laughs> oh, that's a good way to get injured yeah it'd be fun <laughs> um but i don't know like i like you said i don't know there's nothing equivalent to like Nothing I'd get like pumped about though. I mean, I, I, goalkeeping is the only thing I can think of. Penalties uh, are probably the closest, and I guess they don't want that right because then yeah. they're going to have to maybe like they did this year go to penalties in the All Star game, mm-hmm. and then now you know, like the goalkeeper knows how everybody attacks the penalty or whatever you know, like so yeah. it might be. Maybe that's why I'm not really sure. Maybe have them play FIFA. <laughs> yeah that's the all-star game it's just it's just playing fifa on playstation uh but the all-star uh the mls all-stars beat liga mx all-stars uh you know one to one was the final score but they win in penalties three two um I don't think there's too much to say about this. It is nice, though, that this was like in the same summer as the USA winning the Nations League and the Gold Cup because it's like one more thing America won over Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though we have players on the All Star team that were Mexican or other nationalities like Nani mm-hmm. and stuff. But it was still funny. I think it was a good way to not seriously track our progress or anything, but, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to say we won that because. 
I think a lot of times people did not expect us to win this, and I actually forget what we said last week on if we said we were going to win or not. But I think we both agreed that we had a good chance to win, but I think you went more Mexico. I don't know. I'll have to maybe have to listen to it. The best thing that came out of All Star uh, Midweek or whatever they call it. Um, uh, the best thing that comes out of it is Ricardo Pepe. <laughs> the news that broke because there was like rumors going around that Ricardo Pepe was going to choose U.S. Men's National. Yeah. And that's where it like gained ground. Like a bunch of the, I saw a bunch of the national writers were covering it. And there was an Andrew Weeby goal. Um, and then there was also an Andrew Weeby. Whiff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those were the highlights. Yeah, really. And can we make this not on a weekday? Can we right. make these on a weekend, please? Yeah. Like just fix the schedule so this happens. Right. Um, I, I understand both of these leagues were probably playing games on the weekends, but schedule in a break where maybe we can on a year where there's no like qualifying for the world cup maybe mm-hmm. maybe next summer we'll be able to do this again and you know have it on a weekend or whatever but yeah all-star games on the weekdays is is not great for me or do it like the pro bowl and have it after the season but then you're talking it's gonna be really cold <laughs> i mean i guess you could play yeah. indoors you somewhere. could play like florida yeah. or california that's true yeah which i mean they would anyway probably so yeah yeah, probably. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so let's go into the weekend that was. Um, we had Columbus beat Cincinnati in the Hell is Real Derby 3-2. This, though, was uh, not looking good for Columbus for a while. Columbus took the lead through Zellerion in the 45th minute, but then Cincinnati equalized through Matarita in the 45th plus third minute. Then we had Atanga uh, give them the lead, Cincinnati, that is, in the 74th minute. And then Barry scoring in the 81st and 82nd minute to give Columbus the win. I mean, it was, this is not one of the ones I was watching. I was watching another game, I think, Mm -hmm. at this time or something. And I remember seeing. Like, oh, Columbus is losing. This is this is pretty crazy. Uh, not much time left in the game. Like, I guess they're going to lose another one. <laughs> and then, yeah. then I see it like two minutes later, and it's 3-2, and you're like, oh, geez, that was pretty crazy. But Columbus, you know, they they win a rivalry match. They've, uh, you know, I guess kind of broken their losing streak, which was at like six games. So good for them. Uh, any thoughts here on Cincinnati or Columbus? I guess Columbus, they've got to collect points. Uh, we're getting to that point where any drop points could be the difference between you making that playoff run and not. And uh, and I guess this team, and maybe Atlanta, if they got hot at the right time, like they could push a playoff team. I mean, they could really you know force a team in, in the top part of the Eastern Conference to have a tough first round match. I'm not sure that either team can beat one of the top two or three teams, but you know, I, th- I think with Columbus, you, you take the points. It's been a hell of a year for Columbus, just the injuries uh, alone. Uh, and Kevin Molino is now out for the out year. Out for the year. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> and there's a lot of teams that are now missing uh, some pretty important pieces in the midfield and wing spots. So, you know, it, it, it sucks because Columbus was supposed to be this really good team. They already lost. Uh, Aiden Morris, they, I mean, is it Aiden Morris? Why does that sound wrong? 
Sounds right, right? It sounds right. Why does that sound wrong to me? No. Yeah, that's right. It is? Okay. I yeah. was like, why does it sound wrong? I think because I'm thinking Jordan Morris. But speaking of, we can get to that too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think with Columbus, you have to collect as many points as possible. Um, and it, it really sucks just because, again, uh, Zardes has been um, naggled with injuries, I think they call it in England. But uh, it's 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 good when you have Zell around because he can do some things. But again, good on Columbus to collect some points here playing against a Cincinnati team that uh, isn't great. So, Yeah, speaking of Cincinnati, they are now in 13th place. They got two points above Toronto. You know, Toronto's just been that bad, I guess. Uh, but they've also yeah, – Toronto's also played two more games than them. So Cincinnati still has a way to keep on moving uh, up the ladder here, but that puts Columbus in eighth place with 27 points. They're only three points back of DC United. So after that tough stretch, it's looking up for Columbus, and they could still finish in a playoff spot. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not dead yet. No. Uh, Montreal uh, did defeat a team that is uh, theoretically dead right now. Toronto three-one. Yeah. Montreal um, with a red card to Okello in the fifth minute for Toronto. Then in the 23rd minute, Piet scores for Montreal. Then an equalizer through Toronto, through Achara. Uh, that is in the 58th minute. Then in the 68th minute, Torres scores for Montreal. And then my boy, Kyoto, in the 75th minute, uh, you know, gives them the the last touch there. of so 3-1 for Montreal so a little nervy there for Montreal after you know getting a late equalizer to Toronto being able to turn around that leaves Montreal in sixth place right now with 31 points they're only one point back of the union who have not been playing well at all as we'll talk about and uh, that leaves Toronto in 14th place with 15 points and spoon contender for sure because all everybody in the west has at least 19 points so Looking not so great for Toronto and Cincinnati battling it out down in the uh, down the Wooden Spoon territory. And congratulations, Montreal, who we had in the Wooden Spoon category. And in the bottom of the East, they've been playing very well. Maybe the Terry on Ray thing, you know, was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> Continuing to, to impress us. Um, but if you're Toronto, that's uh, got to be worrisome. Because I, I know when they added Soteldo that they thought, like this was a team that could be really competitive. Now they're all the way down the bottom of the East and don't look heavy favorites for the wooden spoon. Yeah. I mean, they were so close to the supporter shield last year. Yeah. And you think, okay, we add on Soteldo and maybe we're better, but you know, I think losing Greg Vanny has just been yeah. for them. And, and not he, having Akinola around he, too. I think he saw the writing on the wall and he got out at the perfect time. He really did. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. To, to jump ship to Galaxy, who've been who've been good to him so far. Uh, Orlando City drew with Miami in the. Are we calling this the Florida War? I kept seeing people say that. Yeah, I heard that. I don't like it. I, I like don't Florida. like that. I like Darby. I mean, Florida Darby sounds fine to me. Like I like that. Is it a uh, war, Logan? No, it's <laughs> more of like a lopsided. Miami. I mean, it's Orlando like lop- versus Miami. Is that? I don't think I've ever seen a war going on. Maybe I can look outside, but does um, Orlando and Miami not like each other, like city wise? Or I mean, I don't like Miami, but like I mean, Dolphins? I like the Dolphins, but I don't like the city. But no, there's never been like 
or they're so different in the way that they entertain people. <laughs> Miami is very much uh, PG 13 plus and Disney you could argue is family friendly. So uh, no, I have never seen where, I mean, I honestly, like, I think most people think Orlando's a better city if you're looking for all around good time, whereas Miami's more of a, a party city, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't have any bad blood with Miami and they've never been that threatening. So it's not like it's been a good rivalry. I'm just Googling. Uh, I guess because I don't know, UCF and South Florida call themselves mm. the war on I four. So maybe they're getting yeah, it from that I four war. I, but that's, that's a stretch because Miami's not even, yeah, um, so they, they left off the I-4 <laughs> part, right? They were yeah. like, but Florida War, like, War on I-4 at least rhymes, right? Like, yeah. Florida War is just like, they just it doesn't roll the off team. the tongue. It's not, I don't know what, not every Derby needs a great name, though, either. No. No, and I don't think you'd really come up with one besides like what, Derby. I mean, like, some of the English ones are just like, the London Derby. <laughs> with, which is Darby. like all of the London teams, the Merseyside Derby. Like, yeah. <laughs> they don't have like all these names. Like I don't even really like Hell is Real. Um, do we know where that comes from? Because I don't. I'm guessing playing in Cincinnati's like building in Hell. I don't know. I have no idea. And Cruz uh, just like that's real over there. Yeah, it's real down there. <laughs> it's like heaven and hell. Um, I don't know. Like I guess Google that too. Like it's not hot there. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because Cincinnati was not really a big club until recently. So it's not like they were. I mean, most Columbus played them when they were a smaller team. So the name was created by fans for both teams in 2017 prior to their first competitive meeting in the U.S. Open Cup. It derives from a religious sign that reads, Hell is Real and located on Interstate 71. I'm which is what co- which two. is yeah yeah Otherwise, I guess that's fine and then if it if you know that's something they came up with but it just like I'm like that's a weird name for like doesn't that not I they gotta roll off the tongue like you know like uh, I think the ones that are typically around us are like the Atlantic Cup or whatever which yeah. is, you know a lot of the teams over here in the Atlantic uh, taking place and you have the Hudson River Derby which is a nice name for the New York one. Um, El Trafico might be the best name. El Trafico is really great. <laughs> uh, great. What What else could Florida be? I don't know. I just don't like Florida War. No. So I, I challenge the supporters to come up with something a little better. Yeah. Than that. I like Cascadia. Like the Cascadia yeah, the Cascadia Cup. region. That's oh, fun. that one's good. The Cascadia Cup and everything. I don't know. The uh, What do they call Texas? Does Texas have one now? It's like the they, three of them. I think them. it's just the Texas, Texas Darby. Texas is what Darby. I kept Let's just leave the names alone. Let's just call them Darby's like the English do. And yeah. Florida Darby. It's no much easier. I mean, Orlando and Miami have not really ever. No. Been put up a, Well, I was going to say put up a yeah. war effort in MLS at all. <laughs> Miami is like, if they're the, if they're, they're like the Confederates, then I guess the, the Miami, because they're just getting destroyed each time. All right. But. Like, I-4 War would be great if the teams were Orlando and Tampa or Jacksonville yeah. and Orlando, but they're not. doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's got to be a 
I, I kept seeing this hashtag, but I don't see other people really calling it that. So I, I don't know if it's maybe, actually the thing or not. Maybe we just made it up and it, no, no, no. I definitely saw it. It got steam. <laughs> like I just imagined some parody account that looked like Orlando City called it <laughs> the War of Florida or whatever they call it. That's I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like that name. Um, yeah, well, it finishes nil-nil, uh, so... I didn't like the game either. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, no, not a fun game for Orlando, who who are struggling, but they're still hanging in there. They're still you know, second place. Everybody which else is, is struggling. Which is great. Yeah, everybody in the East right now is struggling, except for New England right. at this rate. And New England did lose, so there is, you know, that to uh, to talk about as well. But... Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to look this up again here. Um, but we can move on. Yeah, I, I saw Unite to Watch the the account that tries to get everybody to watch MLS. Mm-hmm. It says Florida War is you know Hell is Real followed by Florida War. Uh, but that might be the only one I see with that hashtag. So maybe he just created that trying to trying to make something happen. I don't know. I mean, I think the hell is real depicts Florida better than Ohio. Oh, humidity eh. and everything too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. traffic. Hot. Like we have it all. We could be hell is real. We could be El Trafico. We've got every hell Trafico. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, we got Atlanta, Nashville, which you know was not two two. It was two nil Nashville. Kind of so that was that was pretty funny. Uh, Rio is 45th minute and Leal uh, in the 90 plus five. So both of those goals in stoppage time of each half. So that's fun. Nashville just continues scoring two goals against Atlanta. This time they didn't give up any and they're, they're continuing second spot. Yeah, they're gonna, They're in third place. They're tied with Orlando on games played and points. Mm-hmm. Which I think before they were always behind on points for a bit. So they've kind yeah, of they caught were. up there. Yep. Except for the time where they let Frog to second, but that was a games played thing. But now we're they're all even and they're mm-hmm. thirty five points. NYCFC, who we haven't really talked about much, is up to thirty four points with twenty uh, games played. So they can actually leapfrog to second with the game in hand they have. So mm-hmm. watch out for NYCFC, and then uh, and, and let's just talk Red Bulls real quick. Chicago beat them 1-0. Barrich scoring in the 32nd minute as Red Bulls continue to underperform there. They're all the way in 12th place with 22 points. But they're at least five points up on Cincinnati and at least, uh, what is that, seven points up on Toronto. So 12th or higher is pretty much where Red Bulls should finish this season. It's not great, but I think they're going to have to make a management management change at the end of the season. I think they're going to have to look at rebuilding it. And, and this is part of the issue with the clubs that have came in. Demos, I mean, Red Bulls have been around since 96, but they used to be called the Metro Stars. And I saw somebody point this out on Twitter. I forget who it was as well. But we now have both of our New York teams who are feeder clubs for another big team over in England. You have Red Bull, New York, who sends their players to Salzburg or Leipzig and whichever. And you have NYCFC, you know, Manchester City, 
Melbourne City, all the teams that they own now or whatever. The issue with that is New York deserves their own team that's not like, okay, LA, we have LAFC and LA Galaxy, both unique teams that can, you know, maybe determine if they're, the city can determine if they represent them or nothing. But but NYCFC without a stadium, playing in Yankee Stadium, not putting a good product on the field. To, I mean, they're up the fourth place, right? Like we just said, but they, they don't have the star power. They don't have anything. They never usually win trophies. Then you have Red Bulls, who uh, are just—they used to have the stars, Terry on Ray and and you know Tim Cahill, and then they've stopped doing that. Went to the more youth model where they're shipping players overseas, and now the final product isn't on the pitch anymore. They've won supporter shields as recently as like 2018, right? Mm-hmm. But I think New York deserves more. I mean, we haven't got a chance to talk about this on the baseball show yet, but we just had the whole Mets story with the thumbs down and then booing the fans and all that kind of stuff, and that made waves even for shows that don't talk baseball. Yeah. And we're an MLS show that barely even touches on NYCFC or Red Bulls because they're just not doing anything. Mm. And that's frustrating because how are we going to make soccer big here, or MLS big, let's say, if... The New York teams are not good. If the New York teams are not, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing in those markets, at least having a star or, or putting together a winning team, one of those teams should have won MLS Cup by now. It's been 25 years that we've had teams in New York with no MLS Cup. It's been six years, right, for NYCFC, and they've, uh, I think, think they maybe won something if i'm remembering right maybe not uh let me double check if anything it's a supporter shield it's not definitely not mls cup but uh they do no i don't think they have anything yeah so they don't have a stadium they don't have trophies they've they've been close to supporter shields They've gotten second. Here you go. They got second in 2016, second in 2017, third in the East in 2018, uh, first in the East in 2019, but not good enough for Supporter Shield that ended up going to the West. And since David Villa left, they just haven't had the stars uh their Mm -hmm. their attendance is going down since the first year they don't have a stadium as we've talked about numerous times playoff runs haven't really ended well for them they've got knocked out in the quarterfinals the first few years of last year in round one they've never made it past the quarterfinals for the open cup they usually get bounced out around four that's just not good enough for New York teams. You know, Red Bulls at least have won a supporter shield. Uh, but I don't know. It, it's just frustrating because the New York market is so huge. You need a team there that's going to draw people in. And right now, neither of those teams are drawing in. And you know what? I I don't even know how an NYCFC, NYCFC fan 
would know what stadium to go to on game day. Are they going to Yankee Stadium or going to Red Bull Arena or am I going to Connecticut? Where's the game? You know? <laughs> it's just it's a mess. I don't want to rant too much, but uh, you know, at least they're winning, I guess, MICFC, but still not uh, still not good enough, I guess. It's deserved. I mean, Red Bull uh, Red Bull seemed to be a mess and Gerhard Struber's not not it. Uh, and with NYCFC, I guess we'll see how the season ends. They're playing pretty well. Uh, they've made some nice additions with uh, Tiago playing pretty well. Um, and Castellanos, who actually uh, Manchester City were at one point thinking about <laughs> taking Castellanos as one of their strikers, but uh, that, that got shot down pretty quickly because they – well, it's that's the thing that just annoys me the most out so, of it, right? It, yeah. There's no yeah. – even if we had one of them, if, like, the Red Bulls were not ever bought by Red Bulls and they were still Metro Stars, we at least be like, that New York's team, that is still a team that was here from originally. Uh, but, but both of these teams don't seem to be actually taking this seriously, and that's what's frustrating. A team that should be in New York is a team like Seattle or Portland that's putting mm-hmm. money into it that is constantly competitive. That should be how it is. But not that I want a New York team to win MLS Cup, obviously. Yeah. I'm not like most of the sports that I follow, New York's like I hate New York's teams. So it's not like a big deal for me. But when we're talking about potential growth of, of soccer, it's uh, it's tough. Yeah. And I mean, it, kind of transitioning into like i know one of the topics coming up but um and we'll get to the west too but you're talking about you know major market teams that aren't doing well that are underperforming well i mean now you've got new york city who's got two teams that are you know one's one's good one's you know gotten better and is getting better with nycfc but they're probably the best of the litter because then you're talking about la where the galaxy kind of in that same spot where like they could be better. They could be challenging for the league all the time, but they just don't have the investments that they need. And then LAFC who recently um, have now decided that they're a small club. Um, and now they're going to sell Diego Rossi. Um, they're going to struggle because Carlos Vela is not who he once was. Um, so now you've got these huge markets, Atlanta struggling Um those are really big. TV I think markets. LAFC will be able to turn it around. Yeah, well, not I mean, this year. No, but I, I think. I if think. Anybody. I think they'll bring in people that'll that'll help uh, for them. But they, I guess, let's talk about them, right? They just you talked about Diego Rossi is leaving. I think only for like two and a half million dollars, by mm-hmm. the way, too, for somebody that just won Golden Boot. So not a, not a big number. And he's going to Fenerbahce, which is like nobody else wanted this kid. Like we have like everybody scouting Americans over here and taking them to like I don't know how many MLS players just went to Venezia, <laughs> right? But Jack DeVry did, <laughs> right? He just Jack DeVry's on loan there now, and and they got everybody. Nobody wants Diego Rossi in one of those bigger leagues. It's just, I mean, the good thing is Fenerbahce is a is a big team in Turkey, but it's. I mean, all, the US, all the U.S. players, like you said, I mean, Weston McKinney, and we've got eight minutes until the deadline, I think, ends. But, yeah. like, Weston McKinney was thrown around today in transfer talks. That's a U.S. men's player, Tyler Adams. I uh, See, I know. think with the Weston one, I just want to say, I think Sky is wrong. I I, I don't think – I haven't seen anybody else Burnley talk about have, it. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody but Sky talk about it. And, like, right. 
we heard from Roger Gonzalez, who's more in tune with, from CBS, and he's more in tune with like U.S. men's players and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said he's staying put, so that's what I'm assuming. But Plus, he's all the way over here in camp, so how would he yeah. even move over there right now? Yeah, but just the fact that Diego Rossi is moving to a team that I honestly I would never have pegged. I would have pegged him for one of the bigger leagues. Like he was ready for that move back to a bigger league, and you know I think that that's where he belonged, but making this move when Josh Sargent's playing in Norwich uh, in the Premier League, um, Pulisic playing with Chelsea, Tyler Adams playing for Leipzig, um, Chris Richards being, you know, who he, uh, what is he, Byron? He's going to Hoffenheim. He's going to Hoffenheim, yeah. He's he's going going back out, yeah. But then, I mean, just players like that. I mean, you've got um, Miazga. Where did he end up? He ended up off of Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah, he went to uh, a Serie A team as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they all won us, huh? Right. Uh, well, it's he all is now on loan to – no, he went – did he go to La Liga? He that went to – yeah, he went yeah, to La Liga. That's right, yeah. Alaves. The, uh, that's right. Deportivo Alaves. So, again, all these big U.S. players moving to big leagues, but like a Diego Rossi who was golden boot last year and – you know, a really good player. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, why did he go? Yeah, sure. <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's I, it I think he sees it as like how we've seen, like, Weston going to Schalke as then a stepping to stone to Juventus. Yeah. I think he thinks if I go to Fenerbahce, then I can play Europa stuff, or yeah, I don't know which one. They're I think they're in Europa League, right? Yeah. And then he can maybe play a year or two there, and then leap over to one of the bigger teams for a final move. Because how old is Diego Rossi? I gotta say mid twenties at least, like twenty seven. Right, 28, he's not dude. like he's not super young. I don't think. No, he is uh, twenty three. So actually, he's younger than I thought. Yeah, he is younger than I thought. I thought he was twenty seven, twenty eight. But still, okay, 104 games, 48 goals in his three years. It's pretty good numbers. So, uh, but LA play against uh, against the Galaxy in an El Trafico. That finished 3-3. It was a wild game. 20 minutes in, uh, Jelovic scoring for LA Galaxy, scoring again in the 64th minute to make it Jeez, uh, what's score there? Two two at that point because then Arango scored in the forty fourth minute on a penalty for LAFC. Rodriguez scoring, Brian Rodriguez scoring in the fifty eighth minute. Then Jolovic in the sixty fourth. Then Rodriguez again in the sixty seventh. Then Cabral in the eighty sixth uh, to give us a three three. And this was on national TV, and this was good for the league. This is the stuff that you know, and, and, and they have stars on both of these teams, like. I think there's a reason now why we're going to see El Traficos on national TV all the time and why we don't see the Hudson River Derby on TV all the time now because there's just nothing there to promote. They'd be like, hey, we're playing the Hudson River Derby in Red Bull Arena, but NYCFC is the host team today. You know, like it's just yeah. a mess. And I'm probably lost all of our New York listeners. I apologize. But if you want to rant with me, you, you can. Um, one thing to note as well, that that game against Red Bulls and NYCFC that they took like three hours to cancel has been rescheduled for September 22nd, which is a Wednesday. 
Midweek match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And but, uh, yeah. I'll they're playing in uh, City Field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like NYCFC. I was also reading <laughs> something at the same time, but yeah. Uh, good one. Uh, all right. Thank NYCFC you. beat the Rebs 2 0. Castellanos in the 32nd and 55th minute. No, not the Nick Castellanos. This is, uh, you know, the NYCFC uh, Castellanos. But 2 0. Uh, victory for NYCFC over New England Revs. Just uh, this was at Yankee Stadium. Just something that went NYCFC's way this time, and they've been playing good. But I mean, have just been other level right now. When we look at the stats, it ended up being sorry, the site loads a little slow. Fifty-two percent to NYCFC. 19 shots to NYCFC and five shots on goal to New England, only putting one on one on goal. But, uh, you know, good on NYCFC to get some points against the Revs. And I don't think it's anything big for the Revs. The Revs, you know, are going to lose a couple here and there, but they're still, you know, how many points up? They are 14 points up still after that slip-up. Pretty good numbers. Yeah. If Orlando wins their games in hand, then they're only they're still like seven points up. So I mean it's eight points up, something like that. So, yeah. I mean it's crazy. And NYCFC's got some teeth now. I mean, with the attack, uh, Tiago yeah. Medina's played well. Um, Maxi Morales has been really good. Um, when you've got Tiago and Castellanos playing like they are, like that's a really good team. And you know, you if you look at their you look at all their stats, I mean, uh, number two in big chances created with 46 right behind the Revs. Um, pretty much everything's right behind the Revs. Um, they, they buy tech on technicality of like rating, if you're player rating, uh, they've been number one in player rating with the most average uh, of players playing and performing well. They're like third, I think, with the Revs too. So it's, I don't know, it, it, they're, they're a good team. And uh, I think... You know, they don't concede hardly at all. I think they've conceded 19, which is tied with Seattle for the best defense in MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I you know, it's a good club. Uh, they score 1.8 goals per match. Um, they've played less games. And I, I think with the game in hand, there are games in hand that they have, um, especially with the Revs, they'll, they'll, gain some, they'll gain some ground. And this is a team that I think with Nashville, the way that they're playing those two right now are – probably clear-cut favorites to get number two because um, Orlando's really struggled. But the, the other two, I think, NYCFC and Nashville, they can score and they defend really well. Um, Orlando just hasn't scored lately. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So Serge Aurier and Tottenham are mutually terminating their contracts, so Miami has just found their 13th DP there. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. William. Uh, I think they moved that team from Brazil into Miami, didn't they? Going, yeah, yeah. Corinthians teams. is going. They're over using the name Miami. Corinthians, right? They need a rebrand two years in. Uh, <laughs> DC United beat the Philadelphia Union 3 1, which is just continuing DC United playing very well. This is at Audi Field as well. I know a lot of my Union friends went to that game, so sorry that that's how it turned out for you. Um, 22 minutes in, uh, Steve Birnbaum, 20, 20, I already said 22 minutes in, own goal 
to give the Union the lead, but then an Ola Kamara penalty kick in the 36th minute equalizes, then a Reina goal in the 49th minute, and then, of course, Abila scoring in the 90-plus fifth. Because why not? Because why not? To, to seal it at 3-1. Um, the Union are not playing well at all. There's got to be something going on. Uh, maybe not like something serious going on behind the scenes or something, but it's got to be something going on that, you know, this is not just a like tough stretch. This has been going on for a longer period now that you're like, something's wrong with the team. They're just not playing the same. You know, a lot of people still say it's because of McKenzie and Aronson, but uh, I mean, Aronson, I can see more than McKenzie. I mean, I think the defense is still yeah, pretty decent. What struggled. But, um, yeah, and we've tried many different people at the 10 and just haven't really been able to get something that works. Gosdag is still not up to snuff at this point. He probably has to just keep playing games. I don't know. Or maybe he's a, you know, like the union are not adverse to, to bust. We just had, oh, man, what was his name? Orovec, right? Is that who it was? Um, who joined the team last year and then never played for the union. Yeah. Matej Orovec was on the, joined the union, never played. He's a defensive midfielder. El Brujo kind of took his spot and then he just never played. And we were like, okay, we just wasted money on him. He's on loan somewhere else right now. And I'm assuming he's not going to ever play for the union. So we're not adverse to this. You know, this is something that we're accustomed to at times. And that is what's so hard about soccer. I feel like, like, I don't know how else to quantify. Like I, you know, we're, we're starting up this baseball show where we're able to talk about stats and all these metrics and stuff, which doesn't exist as much in this. So I feel like you're watching them on an eye test or when you're scouting them, I'm sure they have better stats than what we have available to us, but also with soccer, there's so many different levels of mm. the game. You know, you got top European level, you got middle European level, you got bottom European levels. And then you have, you know, USL level over here, MLS level over here. Like there's all these different, like, okay, they could be very good in, yeah, you know, Liga Mekis, and right. then they come over here and fail but then they might go over to Turkey and be good. Like the styles it, are different. Yeah. yeah. Everything is so different. While a lot of the other sports, I feel like, like basketball it's and, universal. And, and baseball, it's a lot of universal styles. Mm -hmm. I think of, of play or, you know, you know, especially like baseball, it's just one guy versus, you know, nine at right. a time, you know, just like pitch it and hit it. Right. And that it's more of the adjustment of speed. You know, speed of the game, speed mm -hmm. of the ball. This, it's like the speed of this, the tactics of this, the players that you're against, the, the, the field, the yeah. type of field it is. Is it turf? Which we is just it saw Eric. Baseball field. Yeah. Is it Yankee Stadium? <laughs> um, is it, you know, turf, which we just saw Eric Williamson got his uh, ACL uh, torn on, which is not great for him. It, it's all of these like varying things. And I think that's why you have a lot of misses mm -hmm. in soccer on every level. Like yeah. how many times does city or Chelsea buy somebody right. that never sees the pitch for them 
and they have to loan him out. And then they're like, you know what? He just wasn't ever going to cut it here. Yeah. It's the same thing here. Like I just said, like Gosdag might not be able to cut it. He might be, he might be gone. I mean, ask Gonzalo Higuain, who was one of the best strikers in Europe at, mm-hmm. at a time in his life. And now he comes over here and he goes, this is he nothing just wants like to I wants to smoke a cigarette yeah. while he's playing. And he's like, this is a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. And you hear that all the time with MLS. It's like, this is way more physical because it, these guys, that's what they're they are known for. It's CONCACAF. It's throwing European players into a CONCACAF situation. Yeah. And it, it's a lot different. I mean, look at – so when you're watching World Cup and you're watching qualifying, just look at the way and, and the physicality of, the, like, the South American teams, the Central American teams. Um, they are very tough. North American teams uh, – they are tough, tough, tough. I mean, Logan, we just had a goalkeeper fake an yeah. injury in a skills challenge, right? That's how next level we are. Right, here. <laughs> right. I mean, there's just a different kind of physicality when you're talking about CONCACAF. Because in Europe, it's much prettier. It's a clean game. It is a, uh, a lot of passing, a lot of execution through passing. Whereas this is like a pinball machine and the ball's just going every which way and players hitting each other and running through each other. And it, it looks nothing like premier league. And, and I then think you have the championship, which is like hoofball. A lot of the yeah. time, right? So like Put it up the lower level it. you get, like it's so hard to, it that's is. why like stories like Jamie Vardy, who's played like almost yeah. every level of, of, you know, English professional. It's like, that's a crazy story because he was good mm-hmm. at every single level, but not every player can do that. Right. And, and that's a lot of the reservations that people have about DK. I mean, DK, the reason why he's not mm-hmm. on a big club right now is one, in fact, that he's not played extremely well and, and hasn't been quite, quite fit. But two, I think you're looking at champ- like I know you and I did this. We looked at championship and said it's it would probably be the easiest one to relate to MLS because it's very similar in the way that they attack and hardly play defense. But in this case, I mean, if you're looking at that as Chelsea, you are worried. Can I put Daryl DK in? He's he going to be the same because he's used to bully ball. And in the Premier League, they'll just eat him alive because their positioning's better. So it's like you know what the pressing's higher. The you know in, in Premier League, they're going to face better athletes in Premier League. Um, it's just like you said, it's great. I love this sport because it's so different. No matter what planet you're playing on, um, it, it just seems like the leagues are totally playing on different. Earth. Right. So I, I, yeah, I'd argue that, <laughs> but like a Leroy Sané, like that too. I thought of when you said that, like, yeah, yeah. Cause now Bayern ghost. wants to get rid of him yeah. too. Completely ghost um, for city and now Bayern, but uh, before he had had success. So it was like, you know, where, where does that go? That just doesn't leave, but I think it just depends on the team and system. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, so we'll see how the union fair uh going forward but they're down to you know fifth place which is kind of where they've been hovering in the last few weeks and um i mean they're all kind of bunch of if they win their next game they're up to 35 which would be equal with orlando and nashville and you know ahead of nycfc but nycfc and orlando and nashville have games in hand to philly so like at this point union are going to have to hope for either a top four or a just top seven and get the playoffs because if they continue playing like they are they might even drop out of the playoff spot because mm-hmm. you have columbus who's kind of turning it around atlanta uh, is kind of turning it around and then you have you know dc and montreal not all not all of those teams are going to be able to finish in the playoff spot and you don't want to be the one that's left out of it after being there all year so you got to figure it out uh, you know as soon as possible 
Uh, Houston versus Minnesota, one minute in. Karaskila uh, scoring for Houston. Then uh, Minnesota scoring in the 16th minute and the 73rd minute through uh, who knew? If I said that right, let me see. Um, it doesn't say how to pronounce his name. I that sounds right because you I think did this last time. No, I, I didn't say that to him last I time. It was I don't who think. Knew. But I didn't want this to become a who's on first sketch. You know, who knew? Who knew who scored? <laughs> you know, uh, so I want to make sure I was saying it right. But yeah. Uh, so Houston fire Matt Jordan, who, you know, a lot of Houston fans have been begging to get fired, the general manager of Houston. And we'll see where they go from this because they had not won. And I think it was like 14 games before this one. So it must be up to like 15 at this rate. So not a good look for Houston. They just haven't been up to it. And it's not like you can rebrand again. Uh, the offseason to distract anything. But they're currently residing in the West Coast all the way at the bottom, 13th place with 19 points, tied with Austin with one more game played than Austin. And you got MI, uh, yeah, LAFC dripping all the way down to 11th there. That's a little worrisome for them. But yeah, I think with Houston and Austin below them, LAFC can rest pretty easy with finishing yeah. above those teams. <laughs> Uh, SKC and Colorado. Colorado took the lead early on through uh, Lewis in the 17th minute, then Johnny Russell in the 41st minute to make it 1-1. That's at Children's Mercy Mercy Park, so the home game for SKC, they could only get a point. They end up currently in the West in second place, two points behind Seattle. They didn't really gain anything for Portland defeating um, Seattle. So we'll see how the West shakes out, I guess. Then we had Austin versus Dallas. This one was crazy. Jesus Freire in the fifth minute gives Dallas a lead, and Cascante says in the 13th minute, no, I'm going to equalize this. It makes it 1-1, and Austin fans are probably like, oh, that's a lot better. We're doing pretty good. 36-minute Pepe scores, and then Hazer Freire again in the 38th minute to give a 3-1 lead over Dallas. Then Pepe in the 40th minute gives them a 4-1 lead going into halftime. Come out of halftime, O'Brien scores to make it 5-1. Then in the 59th minute, Fagunda scores, and then Ring scoring in the 68th minute. To make it 5-3, they almost made the comeback. We saw reports of Austin fans leaving at halftime. And they almost made the comeback, but they couldn't do it. 5-3, Austin can beat Portland, but it seems like they can't really beat anybody else at this rate. That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds accurate. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to waste too much time on them because we got to talk about the other stuff. But, yeah, you uh, <laughs> Vancouver. 33rd minute, uh, a Silva own goal to give Vancouver a 1-0 lead. Then White scoring in the 53rd minute, Gold scoring in the 64th, Youngworth scoring in the 69th, and then in the 90th minute, Julio pulling one back for Salt Lake for an uneven week for the Whitecaps because they win this weekend game, but they actually lost the Canadian Championship game that they played against Pacific FC 4-3. 
And then uh, that moves Pacific FC to the quarterfinals of the Canadian Championship. So not great for Vancouver in that regard, but good for them to get some points here. As they're up to eighth place, they're only one point behind the playoff spots at this rate. So they've kind of jumped up a lot this season from where they were. They used to be near the bottom. And then we had rounding out the night, Seattle versus Portland, which I alluded to, the Eric Williamson injury, and then also Blanco and Mora scoring to make it 2-0 Portland over Seattle at Lumen Field, which gives Portland up to sixth place. Seattle still in first with 42 points, Portland in sixth with 27. The West is going to be an all-out brawl. Again, from 11th to 7th place, from 11th to 6th place, there's only a three-point difference. So that's going to be a lot of interesting stuff there. The East has a bigger gap from those positions. They're at like an eight point from 12th to 7th. So it should be fun. And let's see. Let me make sure that that's all the big stuff I want to talk about. U.S. players on the move. We just talked Jack DeVry going over to Venezia. Um, it looks like McKenney is staying at Juve. Uh, Hoppy is going to Malaraca. Is that how you say it? Mallorca? Yeah, Mallorca. Maybe Mallorca. Mallorca, sorry. Mallorca, because they don't pronounce the L's, right? It's not the L. Yeah, it's Mallorca. I'm an idiot. (laughs) So, good move for Hoppy to get out of Schalke. Mallorca, by the way, is owned by Steve Nash and Stu Holden and, you know, part of the ownership group there. So, Stu Holden was pretty happy, I think, with getting Hoppy. He was very... Hoppy. Hoppy. (laughs) Uh, I knew it. That was beautiful. (laughs) All right, let's talk. uh, Let's just quickly this weekend here. We got Nashville versus NYCFC at 730. Union versus the Revs again at Subaru Park at 730. Houston versus Portland at 8 o'clock. And then LAFC versus SKC at 10 o'clock on Unimas to UDN and Twitter. Then on Saturday, we have Vancouver versus Austin at 7. Orlando versus Columbus, Cincinnati versus Miami at 8 o'clock, Salt Lake and Dallas at 8 o'clock on Unimas, TUDN, and Twitter, and San Jose at 10 o'clock versus Colorado on Unimas, TUDN, and Twitter. All right, qualifiers start this week. They start on Thursday the 2nd and on CBS Sports Network Universio and Paramount Plus. You can watch El Salvador versus the United States at 10.05. This is in El Salvador, by the way. Also at 10 o'clock is Mexico versus Jamaica and then Canada versus Honduras. Those are, let me just say, those are actually probably better games than the U.S. game. Canada versus Honduras, Mexico, Jamaica is going to be really good games. Mm -hmm. I think those are on Paramount, maybe. I think they own should be. They all CONCACAF, should be. Yeah. right? Yeah, they Qualifying. All be. Now, home games are still going to be on for USA. Still yeah. going to be on ESPN FS1. and ML- ESPN and FS1. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we got El Salvador. Everybody that just thinks that's an easy three points, you know, El Salvador, you can look it up. The, 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 the field is not great. The, the atmosphere is going to probably be hostile. It's going to be crazy times. And hopefully the U.S. can can get out of it. 
Then they'll play again on Sunday, U.S. versus Canada. That's on FS1 at 8 o'clock, so more normal time on Sunday. And Costa Rica versus Mexico at 7 o'clock on Sunday. And then we round it out with Wednesday night on Paramount Plus, Honduras versus USA at 10.05, Panama versus Mexico at 8 o'clock, and Canada, El Salvador at 7.30. So we are getting three games. That's more than usual. It used to just be two games a window, but with the truncated scheduling due to COVID, we're going to have to do this, which means we're going to see a lot and use a lot of these players that we have here. And let's go ahead and just quickly look at the 23 and roster for the qualifiers. Is this the right one? No. I can read off the one. I think it's uh, MLS tweeted it. So yeah, if you have that. that one's right. Um, so yeah, the, the, the roster going into World Cup qualifying is Ethan Horvath from Nottingham Forest, Zach Steffen from Manchester City, Matt Turner from New England, George Bello, Atlanta United, John Anthony Brooks, Wolfsburg. They don't have Anthony on there. That's really throws me off. Um, Sergio, Sergino Dest from Barcelona, Mark McKenzie from Gank. Is that how you say that? Yep. Um, Tim Ream from Fulham, Anthony Robinson from Fulham, Miles Robinson, uh, the Gold Cup uh, hero from Atlanta United. James Sands, NYCFC. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin from Galatasaray. Walker Zimmerman from Nashville SC. Midfielders, Kellen Acosta for the Rapids. Tyler Adams from Leipzig. Sebastian Legette, LA Galaxy. Weston McKinney from Juventus. Christian Roldan from the Seattle Sounders. Aaron, sorry, Brendan Aronson uh, is one of your forwards at Salzburg. Uh, Conrad De La Fuente is at Marseille. Um, Jordan Pifok uh, is Young Boys. Ricardo Pepe, FC Dallas. Christian, uh, who's that guy? Christian Polisic uh, from Chelsea. <laughs> Gio Reyna from Dortmund. Josh Sargent, newly uh, acquired Josh Sargent from the Premier League uh, for Norwich City. And then Timmy Weah from Lille. And Timmy was hurt, so I don't know if Timmy... Be... He's not making it, yeah. and he they're not naming a replacement. So okay. we're just going with 22, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, because right. he picked up a, a knock. So. That sucks, though, because I was excited to see him. But he'd been playing pretty well last season. Yeah. I was excited for him. But maybe Josh will get some run now that DK and them aren't around. And no Hoppy, which is, I guess, interesting. Probably because of this. Probably because of, of the needing to do the transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty great squad. I saw some people complaining about Rodon and Legit still. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> We're fine. I can't. We can have a Christian Rodon and Sebastian Legit episode. Can yeah. we do that? Yep. Oh, yeah. interesting thing. Listen to yeah, it. interesting thing. So Christian Rodon will be, if he does play, will be lining up against his brother Alex Rodon, who plays for El Salvador. If you did not know that, it's pretty interesting stuff there. I had no idea that, that he had made the choice to play for El Salvador, but he did. Is he on El Salvador? I thought he was Guatemala. No, he's El Salvador. Uh, United States overall record. You want some stats here, Jordan? I'll throw some stats at you. Yeah, yeah. Throw me US, some stats. USA against Salvador. Uh, 18 wins. Salvador, one. 
El Salvador, 18 losses, obviously. United States, one loss. And they have five draws. So that's uh, their, their World Cup qualifying record. You want even better stats? El Salvador yeah, has never beat the United States in World Cup qualifying. So naturally tomorrow, I like because that. I just I said like that. Hearing that. <laughs> I just said that. So naturally tomorrow, United States, uh, not tomorrow, uh, Thursday, our hearts will be broken. I was going to uh, say, if you didn't catch yourself saying that, I've been like, well, definitely not happening tomorrow. Yeah. I have uh, a good feeling it's not happening tomorrow. Right. El Salvador, two World Cup appearances, 1970-1982. It's been a while. Hugo Perez, former U.S. men's national team midfielder, is their head coach. Uh, and Thursday's match is the first World Cup qualifying meeting between the U.S. and El Salvador since 2009, which is wild. But, yeah, that's your fun stats of, of the day. Feeling pretty good about it. I love this team. Yeah. I love this squad. I think we'll be good. I think we'll be great. Thursday can't come soon enough at this rate. Uh, bad thing is 10 o'clock game. <laughs> yeah. So Jordan will have to text me what happens in the second half. Yeah, that'll be a tiring. Uh, well, hopefully we put it to bed in the first half that you're, you're able to go to sleep soundly. Yeah, I think but, 1130 is what I'm shooting for if it fall comes down to it. And they're not winning by yeah, then. Yeah, because I have to go in the office on Friday as well. So I'm like, no, so we'll both be tired. We'll both be very tired. But looking forward to it. That's that's a lot of fun. I do want to say one last thing just came in under the wire here. Cole Bassett. This was just posted 10 minutes ago by Tom Bogert. Cole Bassett is going to remain with the Rapids as he declines a move to Benfica um, in order to finish the MLS season. Good for him. Um, I just would be really sad if something happens and he can't go, but. Well, I, I like that. I, I like, you know, I agree. Like I, like, it, I like him staying. Yeah. Especially but then again, the what if he gets hurt? So good. What if he gets hurt? Never has a chance again. That could happen as soon as he moves. We just saw it with Jordan <laughs> Morris true. though, yeah. you know? That's so true. like you can make the move and still get hurt. And then guess what? You're right back here anyway. Yeah. That's true. So, so stay here. You know, the Rapids are making a good push for, yeah, geez, they're, they're in third place on the East on the West. They could end up, you know, a dark horse for the MLS cup. And then if he wins that, he's able to say, all right, now I'm out. Yeah. Now and I'm I guess going. what he's got October and then a little bit of November left. So it's not yeah. too much. It's not too much time. And, um, and he's another one I think that eventually gets on the radar for us men's national team, which is crazy. Cause all these names that we still haven't mentioned, uh, which we could probably do a whole episode on guys that haven't been mentioned that could play for the U.S. men's national team or at least be a target for them as, as time passes here. Um, one name in particular to kind of end on a good note, like we were just talking about. Uh, I wonder what the odds of Jordan Morris playing for one of these qualifying games that don't mean as much. Um, Not good. I, I don't think, think so? they would want to rush him back. I mean, I know he's, he's going to be back in November. Now. I know he's running yeah. and stuff now. I, I think maybe in the spring qualifiers. Right. Yeah. That's I what I meant. Like if it was out of reach or like, you know, if it was a game where he could just play and not have to feel like he's the world's on his shoulders. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just something to watch for, I guess. All right. Anything else before we head out? No. Oh yeah. You're predicted 11, Jordan. They play a four, three, three. Who you want in the United States? I don't, I don't think I can give a whole 11. But uh, I think I think we should see the strongest lineup possible. Adams in there, McKenney in there, Pulisic. Pulisic got some good rest for, due to his COVID test, um, being positive that he was able to sit out the last two 
Chelsea games. Who in the so nine? He'll be then. good to go. Sergeant. I think they'll go Sergeant. Yeah. I think they'll go Sergeant. Um, maybe he'll fend off. Maybe he'll fare pretty well, especially in El Salvador. Yeah. Where he's not going to have to probably defend in his own box for ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. That he could actually get some chances to put one away. I think. But I, I think you could also see uh, Pivak got called in, right? He's supposed to be injured. He's come back mm-hmm. quick. So I, I could see him too. But I think you start with Sargent, and we'll see how it goes from there. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, if you want to give us a follow, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, and email us at Show at gmail.com. And we will catch you all next time. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL, this is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.